0: Hello and welcome to this week's French Football ooh, French football Weekly Podcast. I couldn't get the words out, I'm that excited. Hello, dear listener. My name is Chris, I am your host, and this is the podcast that has put forward this week, I would suggest, four possible goals of the season. More on that later. That is, of course, if I can learn how to speak. If I can't, luckily, I do have a panel of guests that can uh, talk on my behalf. Uh, starting from left to right, Phil, how are you doing?
1: I am well. I am well. Thank you.
0: Good, good, excellent. Fell complete with new cat. I have to tell everybody.
2: Oh, he's there a you, dog. There
0: you go. Uh, also with cats is Mr. Jeremy Smith. Jez, how you doing? Uh, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Excellent. I'm well. I'm well. Just about. It's chucking it down with rain here, but you know, it is winter, and uh, finally, uh, I'm sure a very happy uh, Derby victor. Um, maybe they won't speak tonight. Who knows? Uh, Rich, have you have you at least tried to offer Jez some words of condolence after the weekend's results?
2: Um, I, I don't think now's the time to be talking to, to Jez about things like that. I think we need to be desperately trying to perk him up, I think, with, uh, with other things. Form. But I will also add that I am with Cat as well. Oh, splendid. So we're
0: all we're all with cat. Well, mine is. I mean, I don't know where mine is, to be honest, but he's in the flat somewhere. So all with cat, Everybody's happy. Let's get on to the football then. Why not? Because that's what we're here for. First of all, let's run down the results. And then, as usual, we've got a couple of games picked out for you. So on Friday night, PSG got us back underway in Liga with a 2-1, once again, unconvincing victory over Angers. Angelo Fulgini put Angers quite um, I thought, quite deservedly in front on 36 minutes and it stayed that way all the way up until Danilo Pereira headed in Kylian Mbappe's cross with 20 minutes to go. And then wouldn't you know it, a penalty to PSG courtesy of VAR in the 87th minute. Scored by Kilin Mbappe, uh, that ended up being a 2-1 result. A lot of controversy about this penalty, though. There seemed to be oh. a very suspicious foul by Maru Icardi, which we may touch on him later on. Um, it was seemed to, seemed to me that the VAR call was made for a suspected handball rather than the event that kind of led to the handball where I, I felt Icardi had made a foul. So, yeah, <clears throat> I think it's... Um, I think it's fair to say controversial. I think I think we'll just go with controversial. Yeah. Well, ESG, I think the aggressive.
1: initial shots seem to be going wide. Right. Yes,
0: this is where a lot of controversy stems, isn't it? It's.
1: I think by obviously the letter of law, handball is handball. Yeah, where the the ball is going wherever, but that did seem to be a little, a little unfair on Angers.
0: Yes, more than a little. And uh, Butty Clay is certainly um, churning out some, some fun performances for Angers. There's there's certainly no boring boring Angers this, uh, this season, that's for sure. So unfortunate for them. Uh, moving on to uh, another team that's uh, not having their best spell once again. We have, I feel like we've said that a few times this season, but the the champions, let's not forget, champions Lille succumbing to another defeat. They went down away at Clermont, who were uh, having a bit of a rough run themselves, but they get back on track and Simba with a uh, 20-yard low drive that found the corner to secure all three points for the home side and heaps yet more pressure on uh, Goulvanec. A quote, I believe, came out um, not long after the game from Lille president uh, Olivier Latton, saying, uh, we've hit rock bottom. So nothing like that uh, as a manager, I'm sure at uh, Governet would have been delighted to hear that particular news. Although it's hard to argue because Lille were wretched. Um, speaking of wretched, that brings us on to Monaco. We will talk about this game in a little bit more uh, depth in a moment, but suffice to say, Leon ran out 2-0 winners. So we'll be back there shortly. Uh, rather su- surprising result in the early game on Sunday as uh, Troyes in their resplendent pink kits i uh, got a 1-0 win over nice mama belde remember him popping up with the winner after just 4 minutes and uh, Gaultier's nice unable to get back into the game Good win that for the promoted side uh, elsewhere one of the uh, goal of the season contenders uh, maybe i'm being a bit a bit uh, a bit over the top maybe but kwangujo's opener was a thing of absolute beauty almost as beautiful as Bordeaux's 140th year anniversary shirts which if you haven't seen it it's on my timeline delightful cranberry and gold number very very nice uh, much like the wine
1: they they do seem to have a good run of uh, kits they do uh, yes that, so there's something about uh, a that couple sash. of years back they had <laughs> the postcards of the town and all they that. did yeah and they ha-
0: was it last year they had the white and or the cream and burgundy away strip that was a bit of a banger as well so
3: yeah big fan so just make that. a case for Troyes goal being the best goal of the weekend.
0: You can yeah I mean yeah in terms of the way it's created or
3: yeah, it was a fantastic team move. I it was.
0: Yeah, I, I I do agree. It depends what you want in your goals. If you want bangers, if you want team moves, if you want um sort of acrobatics. Yeah, I I I, I terrible defending. Really- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was quite a lot of that. <laughs> we'll come on to that, Jazz. We'll come on to that very briefly. Uh, but uh, yeah, Nond did hit back from uh, Chiravella with a very good finish himself, actually, and a very nice over for, I think it was uh, Ludovic Blas who stepped over on the edge of the box for Kirovella, uh, hammered it home for the equaliser, and all points were shared in that game. 1-1. Brest and Rams also shared the points as a 1-1 draw, as uh, Face
1: got the opener at the David Louise lookalike. That was a lovely header.
0: Really well-timed.
1: Then. Um, I'm guessing this is uh, oh absolutely. Well, was absolutely. another one of your picks, Francona, with a, an
0: absolute screamer. It uh, no. just sits up so nicely Ooh, for sir. him, and it's a good thirty yards. And boy, does he catch it uh, into the into the top of the net. So, yeah, if you oh, haven't
3: seen though, that, oh, sorry, just it
0: laughing. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, as it flew past him, it's just like. Sometimes you just have to throw your hands in the air and say, yeah, not today. That's that's just not going to happen. The most pure strike of a ball you're ever going to see. Which brings us on nicely to to Mets, uh, Ren. Sorry, Jes, but we are going to have to go here. Uh, Rich's Mets running out three. Uh, Rich's Wren, sorry, running out three nil win winners over Jez's Mets. Uh, Gaetan on the with another. Depending on the game, what you like from your goals, but a very clever back heel flick into the the roof of the net. I actually enjoyed Sulemana's goal personally even more. Uh, a beautiful nutmeg questionable defending I think as you touched on it has to be said but the finish with the outside of the boot in off the underside yeah, of the Yeah, I've,
2: I've, I've no idea about that finish
0: I don't know how he gets the power in it
2: I've watched it back and I, yeah I don't know how he gets that much power from a just a standing outside start. of the boot yeah yeah it's, it's outrageous a ridiculous finish really is. Um, but yeah, O'Donnell certainly yeah, made it he good. got absolutely raised um,
0: did for that uh, Nutmeg. Yeah, um, and unfortunately, the defending didn't get much better as uh, Ren put a a cap on a fine first half performance with Martin Terrier with the third. Um, to avoid Jez storming out of the podcast, I'm just going to move on at this point. I think it's for the best for everybody's sake, and um, maybe the best for everybody's sake if Puel was to move on. But we'll discuss that game in a bit more uh, depth in a moment. But suffice to say, Strasbourg's five one win, yes, five one win over Saint Etienne was not Puel's Finest hour. Uh, we also saw a Teji Savannier masterclass, which I'm sure made Phil happy as Stefan Mavididi uh-huh. uh, scored the only goal of the game. The pass, though, from Savanier was absolutely delicious. Uh, but Ferry did not give up
1: the lead late on. And that's no, just, the most important thing, even after Ferry was sent off. I did see five or when so I saw that go. I thought to myself, here we all go of again. <laughs> Waiting for something to go horribly wrong in the last ten minutes, and fortunately, it didn't. It did not. Absolutely great goal from Avedidi, and as you say, great pass from Sivaniere, who's got himself into a couple of
0: teams of the week. He has, and a first win in five for Montpellier, I believe. So uh, up to fourteen, up to thirteenth, sorry, with that result. So much needed there. A good win for them. And that brings us finally to the final game of the weekend, which we'll start our roundup with uh, in a little bit more depth, which uh, unfortunately for me didn't go brilliantly well. It started quite well and, and then didn't end so well. Marseille 4, Lorient 1. Armand Lorient with the opener after some fantastic work from Diarra into the penalty area and probably one of the worst tackles I've ever seen in professional football from, I think it was Gilles Saar Sar uh, giving away the penalty. Bubakar the deflecting... Was it Perez? Sorry, yes. Oh, of course it was. Yeah, from the left-hand side. I, I just, I've seen some bad tackles in the professional game. That was just so
3: bad. Uh, did To clarify, realize. you don't mean bad tackle as in dangerous. You mean? Just no, I mean absolutely knuckle-headed I, stupidity. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not. Not. Not violent. Just. Just the most leaving a leg in lazy, awful Sunday league. You'd be fired from Sunday league. I'm three. only
3: highlighting that it's Luán Pérez because I saw someone on. Twitter yesterday suggests two alternative Liga teams of the season so far, mm. and uh, 21 out of 22 players. It was difficult to argue against, but I'm still open-mouthed that this person had Luán Pérez in their team.
0: I yeah, I don't see that personally. I think he's been um, questionable, to be kind. I uh,
3: think the best thing that's happened to him since he's joined Marseille is that he was burgled. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which says it all really, doesn't it? Um, but unfortunately, it was the Lorry on defense that were burgled for the rest of the game, though. Bubuka uh, Camara with the, um, the slightly fortuitous equalizer. He had two bites of the cherry. Um, to be fair, it's a good strike, but so unfortunate. Deflection off, I think it was uh, Laporte, and it looped up over Pornardi, who had it covered before that particular point in time. Um, before, we saw uh, a Massio Ganduzi masterclass for the second half in particular. He scored a looping header on 56 minutes to pretty much turn the game in Marseille's favour. Arcadius uh, Milik, uh, after being ignored pretty much by his entire team for the whole game, eventually notched in the 85th minute and Gentuzzi, I believe, has been awarded the fourth goal. I think it's probably going to go to one of those dubious goal panels. I think um, it has gone down as an own goal. It has gone as an own goal, is it? Okay, fair enough. Well, he was at the, at the source of it. Uh, and a Dimitri Payet uh, assist hat-trick in this particular game as well. Um, I want to start this game and, uh, Rich, I'll start with you because I just want to pick out, obviously Marseille, they've had a bit of a tough time uh, sort of pre-international break. I think we all agreed this, this break came at a good time. If they were to win their games in hand, which I know if, but, maybes and, you know, anti and balls and all those other things that go with it. But if they were to win that game in hand, uh, which I believe is against... Piece, isn't it that that replayed game? Yeah. Um, They wouldn't be far off PSG. I mean, okay, still seven points. It's still a feral distance, but there is there there is a sense that that Marseille, if they can if they can keep this sort of momentum going, there's something there. And what I really like is if you look at the signings they've made this summer, it feels like the business has been done in the right parts of of the of the team. They've all made an impression, and I, I do want to slightly biased here, but I do want to highlight uh, Matteo Guendouzi and indeed Dimitri Payet, and I've come to you for a reason because um, uh, I'll, I'll get Jez's side of it on the other, the other end in a minute, but those two in particular since they've sort of come into that midfield, I just think Marseille just look a different side and I can't quite put my finger on it. What did you make of the overall performance and, and do you think those two are
2: integral to this continuing because they seem to be the two most regular performers at the moment? I'll I'll come to that in a second but I can't believe in your summary of the match you forgot the biggest talking point which was courtesy of Jonathan Pierce, his discussion of his the fact that he had a dream about Pauli. he'd invited him to a dinner party at his house and had a heated debate about oxtail soup in his kitchen I just can't anymore I I mean how the hell have we come to what's being discussed I, During I a just, football
3: match I, just I was can't. feeling guilty that I watched Juventus-Roma Rather than this match And it just <laughs> made me feel a lot less bad it, If you watched it on mute, it was a great game It was like, a really good game God, yeah, We was. had synopsis of the Liverpool
2: game Yeah, We had discu- discussion of Cannavaro Still looks like he could do a job yeah. uh, we, we had everything A bar, you know, what was going on Competent commentary Yeah um, but anyway, yes, back, back to your point. Um, yeah, I think those two are pretty much instrumental to this team. I think Payet, I mean, we've been on this Payet topic of discussion numerous times over the years, but when he's interested and he wants to play at his best, he is one of the league's best players. We've seen it, you know, for the most part of this, this season so far. Um, he can pull the strings you know he, he can put a pass wherever he wants it he can finish well he's dangerous on free kicks at pieces um you know he's capable of doing everything it's it's all in the mind it feels for him um and similarly i suppose with gwwennduzzi you know if 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 he's getting the right treatment from those above him he will give the right treatment on the pitch and i think we have perhaps seen that he looks, and looks and sounds to be very settled at Marseille. Um, and that's showing now, you know, we, we are seeing these really good performances. You know, I think he was head and shoulders above anyone else, man of the match for me personally, um, in that game against L'Oreal. He adds that, you know, that bite in midfield that, that they have perhaps been lacking. You know, he's he's everywhere. He's... Annoying. He's angry, but he's... Just about, just about got on top of it. Uh, it can boil over and there are flashpoints at times, but he's got that sort of anger and that desire that I think is missing or has been missing from Marseille, certainly in the midfield. Uh, you know, you may have to go back to um when Louis Gustavo was in his sort of prime with when he was at his prime best with Marseille for something similar in terms of an effect on a team. Uh, and so I think what he brings to, to that entire um, entire starting 11 is just something that they have been so badly missed. Uh, the key I think for Marseille is, and we've touched on it um, in previous podcasts this season is is can they keep up that intensity? You know, it, it makes me tired watching Sampaoli on the, on the sidelines. He doesn't do strolling up the sidelines. Every movement is like, I'm going to hit somebody. And it's it's exhausting to watch. So Lord knows what it's like to to be coached by that, that level of pure 100% intensity. Um, if they keep it up and they can physically and mentally survive the season, at that level, then yeah, I think we're we're right to be talking about them being, you know, strong strong contenders, if not favourites for um, a podium spot. Whether they can challenge PSG, well, ultimately that's in PSG's hands as to whether they can, or whether they continue to get the rub of the green from officials' decisions, <laughs> um, and whether they can be bothered. Ultimately, I think as well, um, we'll yeah. come on to previews. I'm sure of. Of the, the the coming games, but I am drooling with anticipation for the classic at the weekend. Yes, I think we saw glimpses of just what um, just what the the velodrome crowd can offer. We saw glimpses in that bat Lorient match. Um, obviously, they were there. From, you know, key thing was was to pay tribute to to Bernard Tappy, um, but. My god, that atmosphere should be incredible for the classics. So I am bristling with anticipation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it for me it's it's a it's almost a mentality thing, I think, for Marseille now. They've got a squad of players that can do the job, you know, they've got Payer who can create, they've got Milik, who is a is a great finisher, they've got Guendouzi can bring that fire and the engine in midfield. They've got, you know, the defenders they've got are capable. They just need to make sure that they don't have the brain fart that Perez did, um, you know, in the opening moments of that match. And then I thought Polo Perez had a really good game as well in yeah. Um, I think he's looked a little shaky at times, but that I think was by far, by far his best game to Marseille. And, he made several really good saves, including, I think it was a double save. Yeah. In the, I think it was early in the second half. Yeah, it was at 2-1, um, I think, at the time. Yeah, yeah, when L'Oriente broke. Yeah. um Was terrific. So, the, the Mar- Marseille have got all the ingredients there. They just now need to make sure that they can last the distance, I think, in the head. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And on the Sampaoli thing, yeah. Uh... You, you can just
0: imagine him going down the shop to get his morning milk, you know, just like stomping down, grabbing the milk and then just throwing it on the floor. Like, it's just,
2: just can't imagine him doing anything quiet. Poor or. shop assistant saying, sorry, Mr. St. Parry, we've already got skimmed milk in. <laughs> skimmed? What, what is this skimmed?
0: Yeah, exactly. God bless him. Um, just a very simple question for you. Is is this Marseille side good enough to win something? And when I say something, I include European football in this because they are on sort of fighting on on two fronts. Is, is it is it good enough? And and do you believe they've got the legs? Because we did we did all get quite excited about the start of the season. Then ultimately they did they did have those few weeks where they looked knackered. They're now back to recharge mode. But how long does it last?
3: I think it 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 depends what what Marseille you get. Um or what certain players you get. I mean, well hang on, first of all, of course they're not gonna win Europe. Um, I'm not even gonna go into any more detail on that, of course <laughs> not. Um in terms of domestically, you know, anything can happen in, in the cup. So so and um, with sort of Sam Pauli's intensity and the way that certain players can just turn up when they're in the mood. Yeah. I think they could beat anyone on their day. So I wouldn't rule them out of of a good sort of tilt at the Coupe de France, but um, yeah, as, as Rich said, there is sort of, there is a certain element of quality all the way through the squad. And if you've got Payet playing at his best all the way through the year, if you've got Ganduzi, I don't, I don't entirely agree that he's completely settled and doing well. And I don't entirely agree that it's all about how he's managed by the people above him. I mean, There are stories already coming out that he's pissing teammates off with his attitude and sort of, you know, why can't anyone else be as good as me sort of thing. Um, So I think, I think there are issues there and I expect them to explode a little bit more at some point. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that, they're sort of refreshed after coming back from the international break and they look so sort of physically and mentally tired beforehand. There's another break in November, I think. So, you know, maybe that'll work out well for them then. But then there's a bit of a, you know, an intense period up to Christmas and then after Christmas. And I don't know if they are all able to, to maintain that for long periods. Um, I think Millet coming back is is a big, big bonus because I think, although sort of DN kind of, Span onto the scene and has done a very good job. I think that's one position where they are a little bit lacking. Um, yeah. and at least now they've got a top quality, reliable goal scorer if he stays fit. So a lot of the elements are there, but I just I'm not sure that they're able to entirely stay the course. But then I suppose they don't need to because they're obviously not going to win the league. And, you know, if they're fighting against PSG and LFP and VAR and any other initials you can think of, then no one's got a chance. Um, And so really they're they're sort of fighting for second or third place and no one at the obvious candidates, Lyon, Lyon, Nice, Monaco, they're all showing inconsistencies and fragilities as well. So, you know, it might be just the case of which two or three of those other teams sort of managed to stumble across the line and put enough of these results together. But I think, you know, they, I think they rode their luck a little bit at times last night. Oh, well, they well. did. 4-1 yeah. looks like a straightforward win, but Diarra could have had a hat-trick before yeah. Marseille even got their second.
0: Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that save from Lopez, particularly from the curling shot that was goal bound. And yeah, it was one of those games that it could have gone very Marseille-Lance if, if if Lauren had taken their chances. And that was why I sort of felt a little bit gutted at the end, because I, I did feel like they were there for the taking, particularly at 1-0. But it is what it is. Um, Phil, Jez touched on... One of the other teams that, that I wanted to focus on now, and, and that being Lyon, who um, who came through a, a test with uh, Monaco. Surprisingly, there was no altercations or fallouts. Uh, these two teams have had a bit of a history in recent times of falling out. But Toko Kombi's penalty and Jason Deneo, the, the late second, secured the points for Peter Bosch's men. Um, we'll talk about Monaco in a minute, but Lyon just seemed to be slowly but surely... Grinding into some gears, and in Lucas Paqueta, they've got arguably one of the informed players in the whole division right now. They... Of the
3: season so far for me,
0: yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with that. Um, to be honest, he has been brilliant. Um, what do you make of them, Phil, based upon what you've seen this season and indeed this match? Because that all the tools are there. I don't know if, that, if the squad depth is there, but there's plenty of good, good mm-hmm. sides to Leo. Yeah,
1: that's I think that's the the key thing it's they play well but if there's a problem there don't seem to be many mid-game solutions if that makes sense um so I think this was um an interesting game um Marco as you say not in the best form so maybe you can't take a great deal out of it but um, the fact that they will still be there and still fighting I mean they got their goals in the last 15 minutes both of them and I think we've seen Lyon in the past possibly not keeping the strength up, keeping the concentration but now they are, and they're on a good run. I think they're four unbeaten in the league, at least. And you know they've got uh, the European aspect as well to deal with. So this is interesting that they're doing this, but I think if you got it was, I think uh, a penalty for. Took and then Denia. I'm guessing that was a towering header from a set piece. Actually, no, for, for
0: once. No, it was a pull across really? there. Sort of, he was in the six-yard box, the ball was pulled across, and he just sort of tapped it into the empty net,
3: I believe, from a corner. So, no, no, that... no, hang on, that's that's not fair. It was it came from a basic cross, but the cross was made by an absolutely unbelievable no-look pass from Pakesa.
0: That is fair, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now, I think that the pass did make it, and it was very, very good. Yeah, I'll give you that.
3: Um, the, the finish
0: itself was straightforward, but the, the build-up was was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I'll give you that.
1: We've had some, we've had some interesting uh, interventions from uh, centre-backs this week. Uh, women's Women's Champions League later on.
0: <clears throat> yes, I think it's, uh, I think it's fair to say that. That Leon, I say that I, I want to see how much they can be tested before I sort of hang my hat on them. But so far, so good in terms of what they are churning out, particularly given the start of their season. Um, I do want to touch on Monaco, Jez. I'll give you Monaco. They're very hot and cold, aren't they? I, I can't work out sort of what they are. I think uh, Niko Kovac came out after the game and basically said that. He, he kind of pulled the well, everyone's defending against us quite well this season line, which I don't think he's wrong. I do, I do feel like a lot of teams have have worked out that the, the young, energetic Monaco that were cutting through teams last season are, are there. Yeah, they can be stopped if if you just perform a low block and you you mark the young, talented players out of the game. But there's a few things that just aren't uh, just not right with Monaco. I can't quite put my finger on why they're seemingly consistent for a few games and then it all. Sort of reverts to tight. Do you take this all the way back to the failure to qualify for the Champions League in terms of that they they just haven't got the momentum from the start of the season and that's why they've
3: struggled since? No, I don't think so. I think possibly they're, you could argue that their sort of poor starts of the season might have been because they were sort of putting all their eggs in the Champions League basket and sort of re- resting certain players in the early league matches to have them. Fresh for Champions League, which obviously didn't quite work out, and they were very unlucky, I think, in the in the final playoff not to qualify. Um, but since then, I just I think there's there's a lot of quality in the team, but there's still a lot of inexperience and certain players who I just think are a little bit too sort of flighty. I think I know he's had a couple of good weeks, but I still think Benitez is looking a little bit past it if you take away penalties. Um, Uh, To be fair, this weekend, I I don't think it was, I think, you know, with a few injuries, they didn't have their their strongest squad. But um, Gelson Martins, I'm sure, you know, he probably doesn't go past a wall without running into it. Um, (laughs) Jean-Lucas, we were wondering if that was going to be another player that Leon would regret letting go. But I don't think he's particularly kind of um, done anything to prove them wrong yet many I think the fact that he wasn't there is sort of conspicuous by his absence because he's been so towering over everyone else this season. Nubal's sort of settling in okay now, but I don't think he's had a great start to the season. So I just think there's a relatively decent amount of quality there. Buadu, I think, has done nothing since he joined. Um, but just none of them are really close to hitting their stride yet. And we saw last year if they can sort of find and then maintain some form, then there is some quality there. But yeah, with many Diop, Golovin, for all his faults not there, um, there's, yeah, maybe the quality within the squad isn't quite deep enough. Um, and that being the case, you need your sort of more established players like the two strikers yesterday, Voland and Ben Yedda, to, to step up and show more consistency. And I don't think they're doing that.
0: Yeah, I think I, I know you're sort of, um, sort of not, the, not the biggest fan of, of the current version of Ben Yedda, and I can see why, but the one that, that definitely has struck me is, is Voland. He just looks a different player this season and... I almost sort of compare him to Milik at Marseille in terms of that I feel like he just needs to get back on a run and then things will, will go for him because he's clearly a very talented forward. But and I and I do think you touched on it there, that, that goalkeeping situation. I mean, how Benjamin Lacomp must be feeling sat on the bench at Atletico Madrid. I mean, is anyone's guess because he looks delighted. Times. Well, yeah, I suppose he would be, but but if it, you know, he would be playing every week, I think, if he hadn't have been. Uh, unceremoniously dumped. Um, and it's weird with Monaco because they do have this habit. And Sabotic, is it Sabotic, the goalkeeper, the Croatian? Not Sabotic, what was the Croatian keeper's name? Oh, god, the former goalkeeper of Super Sitch, Thank you, not Sabotic, he was a former St. Etienne defender. Um, yes, uh, Subotic, he, he was so unceremoniously dumped, he, he got that injury, didn't he, and then just never came back. Um, and they've done the same in the Lecom- And I just feel like Nubel was very much uh, well because he's come from Bayern Munich. He's really good, but I'm not sure that's really worked. And I, he doesn't look like a guy who inspires any confidence as a defender for me personally. I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll see how that shakes out. But um, I very seamlessly dropped a link to Saint Etienne into that conversation. Uh, I didn't even mean to, but as soon as I've done it, I'm going to go there. Um Rich, there was uh, there was talk over the weekends, I think official talk that the hierarchy at St. confirmed that Claude is secure in his job, that he's you know he's Since there.
3: we've been speaking and now RMC have now changed their mind and said he's probably um, gonna be back in the next few hours.
0: <laughs> right, okay. Well let, let me change the question then. Uh Rich. <laughs> Seeing as St Etienne possibly may stay with Claude Puel and possibly may not stay with Claude Puel, would you stay with Claude Puel? <laughs> I mean, a 5-1 defeat at Strasbourg. I mean, Strasbourg are not known for their goal-scoring uh, prowess, shall we say, even with Kevin Di and Ludo Ajorg. Um, It was just a bit of a humiliation, wasn't it, this, even with a red card just before half-time, to lose 5-1 to a team that realistically you're scrapping it out within mid-table St Etienne now bottom there's big problems there isn't there if Pru- Pru- Pruel stays or goes there's there's a lot of issues for 4 points out of 10 games for St Etienne not one a game all season
2: yeah yeah. I mean ultimately St Etienne has just been shit <laughs>
0: that's a, I that's a can't, very technically good way of putting I'm it I can't, I
2: can't describe their form this season, as anything other than that <laughs> um, it's just been a calamity and you just can't see where does the, where does the hope come from? Mm. You know, where does the, the, the the players that can step up and turn this round, I I don't know where they are. I really don't, Um, you know, when you're relying upon, you know, a pretty, I don't know, should we say flaky, but might not be doing him too much injustice, but, Wabi Kazri relying on Dennis buang I mean, you know they're, they're good players on their day, but flaky is a is a pretty apt word, I think, for them. Um, there's just not. You look at that squad, and you just feel there's nothing. No one, no one there seems to give a damn. Um, you know. There's there's no one there that can really pick that team up and take it forward, and Claude Puel seemingly isn't able to do that from the sidelines. Um, I mean, I would say, yeah, they're going to have to get rid of him, but you know what? Well, I don't know who else comes in. Who can they get that can turn this round with this squad? Alan
0: Pardew, Judi uh,
3: Garcia. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, I prefer yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but. You know, you know what, Rudi Garcia. It wouldn't surprise me. It actually wouldn't. The more I thought about it, no, it really just wouldn't. for the ultimate shithousery from from him back to Lille. Mm. Uh, but seriously, I, I look at the squad and I just think I don't see anything, anything there. You know, there's a there is some experience in that team, but sadly, it feels like it's all at one end of the pitch. Mm. Um, which means, you know, they've got a very youthful defence, including goalkeeping, which is, you know, they're relying on a 21-year-old that's barely played and a 19-year-old that's barely played. Mm -hmm. Um, Kids at the back, you know, the senior defender, what, Kolodzicek? Well, we've seen how level-headed he can be with all of his experience um, in recent games. Uh, in midfield, again, it's—I mean, there's some experience. There's boodaboos Boos, but
0: Hamuma. At
2: what point? Yeah, and then you then you move into the forward line, and that's where the majority of the experience is. You've got Hamuma, you've got um, you've got Kazri, to a reasonable extent. You've got Buanga. There's there's nothing. It just feels like this is an empty club at the moment now whether these takeover talks eventually go anywhere. Um, I mean, that remains to be seen. I still think there's issues at the top with Saint-Étienne in terms of who's actually the person who's there calling the shots. Um, you know, most other clubs, it's pretty clear, you know, the president rules the roost. Uh, and there is a clear structure beneath that. Saint-Étienne, I don't know if it's that clear. Um and that's starting to tell because, you know, let's, let's go back to when um, certainly the latter years of um, Gaultier's time at Saint-Étienne. You know, that was hardly a squad blessed with standout players, but he was a manager that was able to get something out of them. Now, they've got a worse squad, players that really don't seem to give a damn. And they don't have a coach who can inspire them. Um, but I don't know who they could, really don't know who they could bring in to, to inject that sort of life back into the team. And I mean, that it's a lot of it seems to be resting on, well, can, can the fans do something? Can the support perhaps? And it's, no. If I'm a Centetian fan, I'd just be thinking, this team don't give a damn about us. Why, why should we be giving a damn about them? Um, and it's it's sad to see, you know, for, for a club that St are, I mean, obviously we have to go back a long time for their, you know, their sort of triumphant years, but they are still a big name. They are, they do still carry, um, you know, significant support. Um, and the town deserves better than what they're getting, because at the minute it's an absolute, I'll go back to it again, it's an absolute shit show.
0: It was like, it's just shit show, whatever way you look at it, isn't it? And like you said, the, the takeover for me feels I mean, it feels like it, it's make or break because at least if you if you got a, a takeover, you, it's kind of I'm, when I say Newcastle situation, of course, I don't mean the exact comparison, but you look at like the whole situation with them and Steve Bruce, it's a nice kind of casual way of just ushering a manager out, giving him a nice send off. And then saying, look, you know, it's nothing against you, but I'd like to move on. It's like getting rid of that X that you know you're not really with anymore, you just have to move on from. And I sort of feel like that would be the nicest way of moving. You know, Klopp has done a, a pretty good job overall and, and he did keep them up last season. But if this carries on, I think the the, the, the other big problem you've got with a, a club that relies on youngsters so much is that you erode not only the value of those young players to sell on, but also you erode the confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some good players. I mean, how else she doesn't get game time? I just I can't work that out. I think he's very talented. You mentioned Etienne Did Green.
3: Uh,
0: yeah, I, I I think I think there's a player there. I don't think he's been. Used. I, don't, I
3: keep to be honest. like not I get muddled up by it. I lump them together. Adley at Bordeaux. Oh, she at sat Etienne. I like both. Both, but <laughs> I just. I wonder how much of it is just because they came from PSG with points to prove, and isn't it about time they started?
0: For, for me, it's for me, it's not it's not the uh, the PSG link. For me, it's it's that you know you know sometimes when you just get a player on the ball and you just think yeah that there's there's something there, there's a spark, there's an energy, there's a a desire to to make something happen. I do agree, particularly in Adley's case, he's one of those players that. Almost the sort of grandiose attitude sometimes of well, I'm better than this, and you know he's he's obviously going to AC Milan next season, and you do wonder whether you know, that will work out particularly well, or whether it will go very. Um, it's the lad who went to Napoli from from uh, from Bo- from Bordeaux. Oh God, I'm terrible with names yes. today. That's the Badger, who was also a similar type of player, sort of intricate, um, good on the ball, uh, good you know, good in tight spaces. I do wonder if there is an element of whether they'll kick on. But I just I just felt that last season when St. Esse were really struggling, I felt like how she stood up stepped up for a young player. I just thought he he took the ball by the horns a bit. And I, I just just I just think when you look at that team, I feel like he should be in it because he does give you something different. I'm not saying he would change the whole fortunes, but
2: uh, there's so yeah, but many it, players. it does feel it does feel like that If he was trying to grab the ball by the horns, he's grabbed something and it turns out it wasn't a horn.
0: Well, there is that, yeah. Uh, And also, (laughs) (laughs) very good.
2: And you also imagine that Puel
0: is not really the manager to, I think he's very good with young players in terms of giving them a chance, but he doesn't strike me as the sort of manager who is that keen on flair and uh, intricacy of of a player doing their own thing, if you know what I mean. So I get the impression that he doesn't give a
2: damn really either now.
0: Yeah, it does feel a bit that way, doesn't it? And, and there and just seems to be this
2: sort of resigned feeling, I think, around Malaise, yeah, around the club as a whole. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does feel that way, and, and it would be a shame because, again,
0: I think we'd all agree it would be a fantastic, uh, be fantastic to see one of France's great names
2: back up there, at least, you know, back up there in the sort of fifth or sixth position and upwards. In that, it does come down, I think, to they weren't able to kick on from the stability that Gaultier gave them. Yeah, well yeah, you know, absolutely. Galtier gave them sp- stability, got them uh, a trophy in the cabinet, he got them a chance at European football mm. and nothing ever materialized from that. No. Um, they let all that fizzle out and then Galtier went. There was a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of, of of light I suppose when um, I can't remember names. Gasset. Yeah.
0: Um
2: took over but yeah it's just been allowed to just fizzle out and that's the thing it, it just seems to have been problems of their own making that you know they they didn't capitalize on a an a great base that they had
0: yeah agreed
2: agreed and some suggestions in the the
0: papers in, in the UK that Etienne Green is uh interested in several English clubs right now one of which haha on Newcastle funny times anyway um Phil, you—I uh, want to give you some time to talk Women's Champions League, and uh, just because I, I was going to be nice, you wanted to mention the UNICEF game as well.
2: well and just, just before we jump onto that, just to go on the the Strasbourg, we've we've neglected to mention. Jez tweeted out earlier uh, last week the Bordeaux. Um, I think it was a Bordeaux fans voted best eleven, and there was a midfield four which was. I think I replied to Jess saying this is a picture of sexy football. <laughs> I'm afraid, I'm afraid <laughs> that has been redefined because if you check out Julien Stefan and his Sweeney inspired oh, brown polo neck, great sort of grey suit. Kind of, my God, that is a good looking picture. I, it's it reminded D.
3: me more of the um the folk singers that Reeves and Mortimer used to. I'm not gonna <laughs> know that. <there? laughs>
2: <laughs> it is very but it is, it's that is a stylish look
0: yeah it's it's one that you have to be pretty definitely
3: a style
0: yeah you have to be in <laughs> fairly good shape and be fairly confident to pull that off and that comes from a man who is very partial to a, a loud suit and uh tartan trousers so yeah uh, definitely a strong look yeah, i just wanted now. to draw
2: people's attention to that because it it made my heart flutter
0: yeah, it's on Rich's timeline. If you want to, uh, I will. I ones. will.
1: I will drop the link to the coverage of the highlights of OM Legends versus UNICEF, managed by Arsene Wenger, in the article because this looked like a cracking game. I think OM Legends were possibly taking things a little bit more seriously. Uh, they did have, um, as well as legends, a couple of uh, local rappers in there, and UNICEF were maybe a bit more freestyle. that I think Miss France twenty eleven turned out for them at some point. Uh, but that was cracking fun. Uh, Drogba, he's forty three scored a hat trick um, in a charity match that was raising money for his foundation and UNICEF it's nearly half a million euros they raised so props but also it's fucking funny Um, and uh, very very quickly Robert Perez of course naturally wonderful to see him Wonderful and, header. Uh, uh, Ravenelli scored yes. and did the celebration, which we all know <laughs> so, Was it, it Ben Rash
0: Sheru who chipped the goalkeeper as well? I think it was Sheru. I think. Um
1: yeah. You've got Ludovic Julie turned oh. out, uh, Tony Parker, Teddy Minor. And it and was good Eric to Abidal. see. I mean, it's just, just, I will put the, uh, Put
0: the the link in the the article, and it was
1: it's um, cracking fun. It was great
0: it was, to see uh, both Samir Nazri's in one shirt as well. That was that was nice to see. He's um, I think it's fair to say quite enjoying his retirement, shall we say? Uh, that those those puma shirts were not not very flattering on on Monsieur Nazri.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I mean, we've all been and there. But... So, so moving on. to
3: yes. Can I just quickly say there was another charity match the following day where Emmanuel Macron turned ah. out on the centre right of midfield and also scored a penalty.
1: There's a thing. There's a thing. I don't have the, I don't have YouTube. Anyway, um, moving on to competitive football. In the Women's Champions League, uh, PSG and OL both won their second group games 5-0. I thought you said
0: competitive
1: football.
0: Oh, you've poked poked the
1: bear. PSG beat... Oh, crap. Um,
3: Benfica.
1: Zaglebud Kharkiv and OL beat Benfica. Thank you. Um, and uh, Wietemer got a uh, Patrick for PSG. Dudek got one. Khalife the fifth. Oh, well, two from Kira Buchanan, who is a centre-back. Uh, Dom Kamalad, and a penalty against Fika. So they are all in good stead because in the groups, there are actually some difficult games coming up, uh, which are Real Madrid and uh, Bayern Munich. So, the French teams in the uh, Women's Champions League have good. We also had Euro qualifying for the under-21s, where France beat Serbia 3-0, and the top of the group, Adley Guari and Chucky with goals there. So hopefully, I know we've all been here before, haven't we? Yeah, um, the end of twenty-one. Yeah. They qualify like a train and then absolutely shit the bed. But this hopefully will be better. Yes. Um, but yeah, the one remaining thing is apparently the reduction of League Art to 18 teams has been a fluke.
0: Yes. Was it that? So we re- speaking pre-POD, so it's four next season will go down and two will make the jump
1: to and I was um I think Andy Brassell was on the football ramble this week and he's pointing out it's This is all down to whether or not a 20-team league is financially viable. And if it isn't, then you cut the league. And I think that's pretty much where they're going. Uh, We've been talking about this for a long time. And Four it years. now seems to have finally been decided. Mm. So, I do you
0: wonder if it's going to last one year or whether it'll be like one of those, we'll try it and see where we go and then it ends up staying, or we try it and then we actually go I back. I think if
1: they, if they try it, they're stuck with it. Mm. Because it will be so easy to stick with it. Yeah. Basically, yeah. if you're talking about the... Uh, Financially viable matches. You're talking about the top of the league. You don't care about the rest of the Rats, for example. You want every game to have one team who is vaguely interesting for uh, an external market. Mm. Which is quite and, sad, isn't it,
0: really?
1: Yes, it is. It is, and we've seen over the past couple of years, obviously, the Coupe de la Ligue has gone to try to get the number of games down. And this is part of that. But I think once this happens, there's no coming back. No. So it's going to be an 18-team league. And then, you know, where do we go? be interesting to see if they i don't know if they've announced yet
0: if they're going to keep the playoff or not or i presume they won't there will just be two relegation and and two
1: up all relegated and two promoted yeah to make yeah. the numbers work i like the playoff game but hey interesting okay well we'll keep tabs
0: on that um anyone want to talk about uh keeping up with the akardis no okay cool uh for those of you who don't know um mario Acardi has been given Special dispensation to miss training today uh, due to yet another relationship issue. Uh, I did chuckle this afternoon at the uh, the tweet that he apparently he's been given permission to fly back to uh, to Milan to sort out his issues with his uh, his partner, Wanda Nara. For those of you who don't know, there is a little bit of history with Mr. Riccardi in terms of taking certain things that might not belong to him in the female sense. And uh, yes, I think she tweeted out and said, I prefer my hand without a ring on it. So that's going well. What so, Sorry? Uh, would, without yes. a
1: female sense? What what helped me out here, Chris?
0: Uh so Mauro Ricci has a bit of a history. He he essentially took his current partner, Wandanara, from his ex-best friend, uh Maxi Yeah, Lopez. Yeah, I know. Yeah,
1: I know um, about that. and she is now his agent. And yes, he does a fabulous job, but something well, that was all well and good until Mr. Riccardi decided that
0: he'd quite like to have some lady and fun time uh, with a model, I believe, an Argentinian model, I think. Oh. Uh, and and Miss Nara has found out about this and uh, decided to throw her hands in the air and storm off to Milan. And uh, yes, PSG gave him, quote unquote, compassionate leave, I believe, to uh, sort out. So he's missed training ahead of the European Games this week. <laughs> I, um,
1: I'd say if, you're, if your wife's your agent... Don't cheat Mm -hmm. on your wife. I mean uh, may, please, please, you just don't cheat with your wife. Year, isn't it? <laughs> it's not not a great look, it
0: would be fair to say, but uh once again oh, um, the, apart from the look, it's a fucking stupid thing to do. Absolutely. I guess we'll see where that one runs. Um it does need it does lend us sort of quite neatly into very quickly uh looking at the European action this week. PSG face RB Leipzig. Uh, that is tomorrow, I believe. Yes, it is tomorrow. Neymar's um, been ruled well out. He has been, is that with injury or is that with domestic situation? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I presume it is fitness issue, is it? Based upon his Medically. travels? Medically. Uh, yeah. Mm. Officially. Officially, of course. Yeah, of course, far be up for us to speculate on other reasons. Um, but yeah, you'd, you would expect PSG to come through that one as uh, Leipzig certainly didn't look the side they were in prior it's years.
3: A good time to remind everyone that Paquette has match-winning Appearance off the bench for Lyon was yeah. less than forty-eight hours after straight playing. on a flight, didn't he? Yeah. It's
0: literally straight from the game. He flew back to Lyon and was back in 24 hours. That's nuts, yeah. isn't it? Fair play to the guy. Um but you know what? There are Good.
3: some Brazilian footballers who actually like playing football. <laughs>
0: Indeed. Indeed. Uh Leo hopefully will enjoy playing football as they host Sevilla. Uh that is the um Wednesday Champions League Sven,
3: game. Sven Bookman's out. For quite a yeah,
0: while. four weeks, isn't it, with a groin strain, I believe I read somewhere. So, yeah, that's not good because Jose Font plus who will be the question, I guess, for that one. Um, and in terms of Europa League, Marseille faced Lazio. Uh, I don't want to give it the big build up because we gave it mm-hmm. a big build up against Galatasaray and nothing happened. So, um, but on paper, at least, that looks like a, a classic meeting of two big names of European glories past. Um, Sparta Prague hosts Lyon. In the other game that evening, at Leon going away from home,
1: uh, and PSV Monaco are
0: in there as well. Europa Conference, that one, isn't it? I believe Europa Conference. No, no
1: the conference Europa. is NSMura versus Ren. Of course it is. Why you, Oh, of course, because Monaco. are... Yeah. Sorry, I got my
0: got my. There's so many competitions. I can't bloody keep <laughs> up. You're quite right. PSV Monaco is indeed in the Europa League, and uh, yeah, your boys Ren. Rich are away from whom? Yes, away at Mira. yes Slovenia, They're Slovenian team. i would never heard of them until I saw they were in this group. So, uh, and fairly confident of that, picking up some points
2: there. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows in Europe?
0: <laughs> yeah, true that. True that. But um, yeah, a decent win for Ren would we'll put them in a good position in that group. Um, just before we go, then obviously we will look back at those. Next week, uh, let's have a very quick preview of the games ahead. Friday night, see St Etienne in what you now really would have to say is a must win game against Angers, although we've been saying must win all season. Uh, Nault face Clermont. St Etienne
3: Mess coming up in a couple of weeks.
0: Oh, that'd be exciting! I didn't even want to go there, Jez, because I just I don't want to upset you, um, but you're right. It could be very exciting for all the wrong reasons. Nantes uh, against Clermont is the Saturday game at 4pm. These are UK times. Lille, also you'd feel in the must-win game against Brest, is the evening game on the Saturday 8pm. Uh, nice against Lyon, that looks a bit tasty for your uh, your over-lunch affair on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Lens host Metz, one of Jazz's favourite fixtures every season. I'm sure not. Uh, Lorient host Bordeaux, um, hoping to get back on track at the Moustoir. Just a reminder, unbeaten since February. Just going to throw that one out there. Uh, Realms against Troyes. That suddenly looks a little bit spacey with Twa's win at the weekend. Run against Strasbourg. Uh, Rich will be hoping for another three points there. But Return Strasbourg. of
2: Julien Stefan.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, I wonder if the suit will be in there. Uh... Brown polo neck and all. <laughs> yeah. I have just made it my Twitter profile picture, by the way. I wondered how long that would take. I wanted to wear like full sort of
2: sunglasses and everything. I want the whole look. I just want him to go around calling everyone, you slag. <laughs> in a French accent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Monaco
0: Montpellier is the 4pm game. Again, looks like a decent affair between two sides going in different directions at the current time. And finally, because I'm not going to ask you all for your games the weekend, because I think it's pretty obvious that Le yeah. Classique is indeed the fixture of the weekend. Marseille host. PSG and I, I, for one cannot wait to hear the atmosphere because you would imagine a full sixty odd thousand uh, capacity
3: velodrome is going to be pretty tasty. And presumably Any... there won't be a single Marseille fan throwing anything or acting. No, they'll all so be so shocked and horrified at other.
0: fans They'll all doing be that. brilliantly well behaved. You know the rules, Jes. Um, does anyone want to put their head on the par- on the on the chopping block and say that Marseille can win this game and really put the cat
1: amongst the pigeons? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I love and it. PSG have been struggling recently, they've mm. been winning, but it's been more luck than good management. So, if Marseille can keep things together, why mm. not?
0: Do you think it has? Do, do you do? And uh, um, I don't know if anyone wants to chirp up here. Do you feel like this is going to be uh, a situation where? um sampae rests players for that for that Europa game because it's kind of important that they get a result or you know put in a performance at Lazio but
1: which is more important he he understands the mood of things Mm. he will understand that this is not a game to throw no no I I think yeah I think it's
0: massive
2: I really do um it could be an intensity explosion because you've got you know that Marseille crowd, plus the fact it's Lacasse, plus Sam Paoli on the bench, on the yes. sideline, that could yeah. be somebody. Somebody's sort of nerve in their head's going to explode. I think for mm.
0: at some point it could go fully off, couldn't it? I don't know if they've announced who's officiating this game. I'm just trying to look now. I, I'd be very interested to see Al <laughs> That was too easy, wasn't it? I set that one up on a on a silver platter for you. I assume Turpan would get the biggest game of the weekend, would, would, I guess. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be against um, uh, Wendy Renard. Um, Wendy Renard. What? I'm sorry. I'm Stephanie, Frapper. Stephanie Frapper. Stephanie Frappar. I'm reading Wendy Renard's name, and that's just what happens when you read. you read one thing and say another name. Stephanie Frapper, you're quite right, Rich. I wonder if she might actually be a, a good choice for this particular game. Um, just given that naturally, when you do get a female official, the uh, the gentlemen do tend to behave themselves a little bit more. I wonder if that would be something that could be um, could be done. But I, I don't think it's been announced as to who is officiating this one. Um, but one thing's for sure: the who's the gentleman? Who's the bold gentleman who who quite likes himself a lot? Um, I can't Kalina. remember his name. No, no, not him. No, there's there's Adam a. Howley there's <laughs> there's a there's a referee who um he's got kind of a uh, sort of a, a nicely um, manicured beard and he he loves the the gestures um i can't remember his damn name i'll have to look it up for next time but yeah i i would imagine it' would be turfan but i think if you are going to put any money on this game stick it on the cards section because uh i suspect this one may be slightly fiery but we shall see, and I think from the neutrals' perspective,
2: I think we all kind of hope for a Marseille win
0: just to make it a little bit.
2: You, you know, earlier when I said that uh, Gwendouzi has sort of got a hold on his on his anger, oh. just about. Yeah. This this could be the game where it perhaps just creeps over a little bit.
0: Gündüz and Virati, if there were ever two players to put money on bookings in the same
2: game, I mean, they could just walk out and get booked, couldn't they? Those two. That that's uh, <laughs> probably, and if you, it, probably you could probably get a decent. Decent odds on both of them being booked in the first half.
0: Yes. And Alvaro Gonzalez being sent off if indeed he plays the game and has to defend against Mbappe. Because that's just not something I would ever like to see. Anyway, uh, we will see what happens. Uh, We'll all be tuning in for that one next week. Uh, That will probably be the focus of our particular discussion, I'm sure. Unless, of course, it's a really dull nil-nil. But I think, I don't want to jinx it, I think it's safe to say that probably won't happen. Um, But one thing's for sure, if Marseille were to win that game and Blondes were to... Sorry, Jez, but you know where I'm going with this. Suddenly, we'd have quite an interesting top of the table to look at. Anyway, we are going to leave it there until next week, then. Obviously, good luck to our French teams in Europe. Uh, Even if I can't get the competitions right, I'm sure that they will turn up at the right venues. Good job I'm not in charge of the uh, the travel. Uh, But very good luck to those teams. Um, Many thanks to to Phil and to Rich and to Jez. Thank you all for your
3: time. Thank you. Thank you very much
0: and uh, we will be back uh, this time next week all schedules assuming and hopefully we'll have a Classique for the
3: ages to discuss until then enjoy your French football and we'll speak to you very soon